You're listening to Gus and Rig, and we are joined by Howard. Howard is a Kim Jong-un impersonator. Mate, what has just happened? Well, I attended the hockey game, the ice hockey, women's ice hockey game between the Korean team. That's the unified team of South and North. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was Japan. Um, unfortunately, Japan won. And uh, I was there to cheer the Korean team on. Uh, I when I, I was a little bit late, actually. I was only arrived in the third quarter. I arrived. When I arrived, I went straight to the North Korean cheerleaders, and I waved to them, and they were quite amused, and they were laughing, some of them. Sure. And um, waving the flag, and then some, some tough guys told me to sit down, and I did. <laughs> okay. And um, I kept waving the flag for a while, and then, uh, and then I sat back down, and then... Uh, I think a couple of minutes later, a couple of heavies, um, I, which who I suspect is from the North Korean side, um, pushed, grabbed me and pushed me out of the, the arena. And uh, at the moment, and at that moment, I was surrounded by like, you know, probably fifteen reporters, all taking photos and video of the incident. And um, I, and then the cops got involved. Uh, they were kicking me in the shins, uh, these co- oh. tough guys, and shouting me, shouting something in Korean, really angry. Yeah. Um, and then um, when it, when the police got involved, the uh, the three people that were harassing me left instantly. And then um, the police, when the police got involved, they uh, they told me, you know, they were had to detain me for my own safety. I told them, look, mate, I didn't break any laws. I didn't make any political statements. I just turned up there as a ticket holder. I'm allowed to to watch the game like everybody else, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't let me finish watching the game, and they uh, they said I was causing too much of a disruption. And I said, "Look, I behaved well. It's it's everyone else that's not behaving well, so I'm, that's not my problem." And um, yeah, uh, mate. So, I mean, we we heard. I mean, you, we've been in chats with you. Are you on a bus home from South Korean jail? No, I'm not. I'm actually going to another part of the Olympics right now. Ah, mate, you don't quit. The uh, the scenario of having gone and uh, and seen when you say North Korean heavies to the uninitiated, mate, you must have balls of steel because the concept of being uh, roughed up by North Korean security personnel is pretty much one of the most terrifying things for the rest of the world. Well, look, I shouldn't. I can't confirm that they were North Korean heavies, but I suspect they were North Korean heavies um, or some very conservative South Koreans who did not take a, uh, a good view of a satire. But <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't now, know. I can't say. Uh, I'll find out in the future. And now, you mentioned before that some women in the cheerleading squad found it funny on the whole, what are those sorts of reactions? I mean, is, is it kind of across the emotional spectrum? Is it anger? Is it joy? Is it laughter? What sort of reactions are you getting? Surprised and, and amazed. They were very surprised. And they don't know what was going on when I started waving at them. And, um, and then they, had, like, they, they couldn't really concentrate because they had a routine that they had to do. But they were definitely... Um, Distracted by my presence. I'm not. And, su- uh, some of them were smiling. I think some of them got what was going on. 
I'm not surprised oh, you know. that they were that they were surprised because uh, as far as they've been told, you were supposed to levitate down from the roof and hover above their heads, spitting fire <laughs> at their enemies. <laughs> and having no arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, uh, look, so you, you've done this a couple of times already during the Olympics. Did you ever feel or do you ever feel that at any moment the red dot of a South American <laughs> sniper rifle might be on you? <laughs> No, because I think as a as a, I mean I'm not just a lookalike. Um, I consider myself a satirist, and I think you know we need for people that come from countries with freedom of speech. It's very important important to send out you know to take the piss out of our leaders, and you know no matter what country you're in, um, you need to do that because it keeps them humble. And the worst the most feared weapon against any dictatorship is satire. That will take any, any dictatorship down. Sure. So, you know, I was just doing my bit and contribute to, you know, freedom of speech. And, and the, most, uh, the most potent weapon against any impersonator is a nuclear device. So, Well, <laughs> you know, I'm Chinese and Australian, and uh, I, I don't think they will make war against, uh, um, against comedy. First of all, I don't think... Their missiles can reach Australia yet, and uh, oh well, that's comforting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I live in Hong Kong, which is part of China. Um, their best friend, who's supplying them with uh, everything from uh, rice to medicine. Um, so I don't think they'll piss off their nearest neighbour. Okay, <laughs> mate. It has to be said. A lot of people have been fooled. You're a dead ringer. You've got the build. You've got the haircut. How are you getting around day to day? Are you? just dressed up as Kim all the time or are you just walking around like an off-duty cop in his civvies? <laughs> no, I'm, I need to... When I go out, I put a cap on. Um, I make sure that I don't look like him when I go out. So, you know, I don't want too many stares. I want a private life after all. So, oh, yeah. It's, it, being yeah. being a, a, a dictator is only part of what makes up your uh, your personality. You just want to go out and have a beer like everybody else. A lot of people don't understand that the worst part of being a dictator is the fame. It's the bad part of fame. You can't well, walk down the street. You can't get a meal. You know, in Hong Kong, I always get a few stares if I don't, if I have that haircut and I don't put a hat on. So I, I make sure I always have a hat on, no matter how hot it is. Mate, uh, so the opening ceremony. This is not the first time you've been escorted from a venue this Olympics, is it? Well, actually, from the me and a Trump impersonator. His name is Dennis Allen. And uh, I, we've been working together for the past year. And we snuck into the media section. And we, when I, we, our plan was actually to say hi to the athletes because that's what's the closest point. And then when we start waving to the journalists, um, uh, all the journalists went crazy and started taking photographs. Uh, because we were causing such a commotion, uh, the guards came and uh, tried to grab, uh, you know, take me away. The first thing they asked was, uh, you know, where's the ticket? So I showed them my ticket. I said, well, you're not sitting here. So uh, contrary to what's been reported, we did not get kicked out of the event. Uh, mm. Merely, we just got kicked out of the media section back to our seats, which is way at the top since we only had cheap tickets. <laughs> <laughs> how, yes. tempting, how tempting was it when someone said, show me a ticket? Was it to just point at your haircut? <laughs> And just say, this is the ticket. Well, I should just pour my face, yeah. You're looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. 
And with, mate, with the with the opening ceremony, you've got eyes from all over the world. You've got a fully packed house there. How many people do you think, on average, are legitimately fooled by your appearance? Just like, like a what, percentage. Like of a it. percentage. I think probably only. Um, okay, at first, maybe the first ten or fifteen seconds, uh, people are fooled. Uh, most people are fooled, but you know, after doing some logical thinking, most people would realise that there's no way we could be there, but both of us. So. <laughs> You know, uh, those who who think that are probably in the five percent mark. Yeah, well, I mean, in the long term, in, be- the, in the long term. But the first fifteen seconds, I can guarantee you that most people have that. Oh shit, they're here! What the what the hell they're doing? <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine though because realistically, at an event like that where you've got Mike Pence, um, I would go so far as to as to say that. Any time that you were using uh, your looks or uh, your Trump impersonating mate's looks to get anywhere that had uh, a security personnel with half a brain, um, then they would probably ask for some form of accreditation. But the public don't care. The public are awestruck. They're, they're blown away. They're like, Trump, Kim Jong-un, this whole thing's coming, coming about. It's the axis of evil. I know, I know, I know. But in fact, it didn't quite work in, in, in South Korea because people were quite hip onto it, but it when I was in Brazil for the 2016 uh, Rio closing Olympics, uh, closing ceremony, um, I, I went to the VIP section and everything. And actually, there's footage of me. Uh, if you dig up the closing ceremony, the IOC president was making this boring-ass speech, and I was right behind him with a North Korean flag and the LGBT flag uh, waving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. well played. That's so good. So, have, uh, that's have you- uh, etched in history. Have you thought about what might happen if you and the real Kim Jong-un got in the same room? Like, would it be sort of a fight club-style scenario where uh, only only one of you uh, could actually continue to exist without the universe rippling in on itself? Or how do, you, how do you think that would actually play out? Would he find it amusing in any way? I think he would find it amusing. I mean, you know, from... Uh from what Dennis Rodman has told us, you know, he seems to be more down to earth than um, what people might think. Uh, it's just his, this, the regime that is, he's surrounded with, you know, um, is quite um, <laughs> quite uptight. But uh, it seems like, man, he, he, he loves uh, American basketball. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he even listened to American pop. I mean, but he seems to be trapped in the system that he, his grandfather and father has, uh, has made for him. Well, it's great to see that we're getting our news from the same sources, Dennis Rodman, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. and Dennis Rodman only. <laughs> well, you know, Dennis Rodman, uh, you know, he has information that uh, nobody has because he's the only American that has ever met, met him face to face. That is the, the CIA, that is the, the scariest CIA thing I've ever did. heard. I've never thought of that situation in that in those terms. Well, you know, you know, as crazy as you think Dennis Rodman is, but uh, I remember China was a very close-off country, and it took a few ping-pong tournaments to actually open the country up. So if Dennis Rodman went, in, went there a few more times and uh, trained up their basketballers, um, maybe oh. uh, North Korea will open up like China. Absolutely. Well, you've got it from the horse's mouth. Howard, Kim Jong-un impersonator, is advocating that Dennis Rodman is the great, great hope of our universe for peace. <laughs> He's got yeah, the codes. Rodman's got the codes. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, you uh, know, the only reason I'm thinking it hasn't actually hit America yet is because Dennis Rodman lives there. Well, you know what? It's, it only takes one. It only takes one. So, <laughs> Howard, thank you so much for speaking with us, mate. And uh, obviously, stay safe. 
And mate, okay, if, if I get killed, please report on it. <laughs> That's exactly what our manager said when we were heading to Seoul. He was like, okay. "Stay safe, but if you get killed, we'll report on it." Yeah, and make sure uh, I made this video that is probably my best work. It's called Lottie Bomb. It's a music video where I I, I literally fuck a, a uh, atomic bomb. <laughs> so, uh, what? It's called Lottie Bomb. L O L L Y B O M B. It's Russia's biggest band. It's gone viral over the past month and a half uh, in Russia. But uh, I hope, hopefully, you, you guys can get to see it. Um, Kim Jong making love to atomic bomb. Yeah, absolutely. And, mate, if there's any way that people want to keep on top of what you're doing and, and they don't have access to the internet <laughs> or have eyeballs, how, how, how would they follow what you're doing? I don't know. The only way is the internet. And uh, my Facebook page is uh, Kim Jong Lookalike. Uh, Twitter is Kim Jong Double. And uh, Instagram is Kim Jong Lookalike as well. Have you ever considered the name Kim Rong Un? Um, maybe as a porn name. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, you're halfway there. You fucked an atomic bomb with a Russian pop band. Exactly, exactly. And it was very satisfying. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was, mate. Thank you so much for talking with us. We'll hopefully catch up with you later in the games. Okay, thank you very much. See Cheers, you, buddy. Mate. Bye.